Welcome to What Do You Believe? You're here because you're curious. I love asking people this question, what do you believe? We all believe in something, and perhaps you're asking yourself this question, and you're here because you are curious, like me. Ah, the shower. Unfortunately, it's not always a delightful experience once you realize and know that there are contaminants polluting your shower water. Well, I had founders Ryan Babinsine and Arjun Singh join me on the podcast to talk about their new company, Jolie. I'm super excited to share this episode with you. So welcome to What Do You Believe? Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Andrea. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Well, as you know, the drill, I always start the show with a question. What do you believe? That's a hot button topic right there, but I'm going to keep it focused on Jolie. What we believe is uh, water, water is fundamental to our beauty. And we have been filtering our drinking water for decades and somehow have forgotten about the water that we shower in every day, which unfortunately in the States has become contaminated. So we have built a beauty wellness company that addresses the purity of your water for better skin, hair, and well-being. Wow, that's fantastic. I love this product. I believe in this product. And I love what you guys are doing. And I'm curious, how did this even come about? Firstly, it's a brilliant idea. And you've used this too, right? That's important. I have used the shower head. It's a game changer. My hair was, I mean, without sounding like, you know, a schoolgirl and meeting a rock stars, but it's a really amazing product. And it completely is a game changer for your beauty routine. But how did you come up with this idea? And what was the aha moment of this is something's got to change and I, and we're the people to do it? You know, I could, I could actually let Arjun answer this question at this point because he's heard this story so many times. But it was, it was actually on a vacation. I'd founded another company, a footwear brand called Greats. I was on vacation not far from where you are now, or at least in the region of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was sort of doing what one does and pondering if I did, you know, what would I do after Greats if I ever left or sold it? And I came up with three prerequisites that a business would have to have if I was going to ever do something again. The first one was the product would cater to vanity or vice, because Mm. I believe that, I believe that vanity and vice drive our consumer purchases, but Mm -hmm. we wound up choosing vanity because I'd prefer to do good over bad. The second was the product would have no sizes because after starting a footwear brand, I didn't want to deal with the many supply chain challenges, reverse logistics that come from size, fit, and all the many challenges that come from footwear. And the third uh, was the product would have to have a high frequency of use and ideally habitual, something we do every day without really thinking about it because changing consumer behavior is very, very hard, maybe if not impossible. And that was sort of, those were the three things I thought about. I came back, Mm -hmm. I whiteboarded it. I looked at that for a long time. And then one day in the shower, after I had been experiencing dry skin, it just sort of happened. It was like my skin was getting dry. I couldn't understand why. I was doing some research on water. I realized that there's stuff in the water that's pretty harmful, uh, chlorine being the number one culprit. 
Yeah. And then I had an epiphany. Let's create a beauty wellness brand that purifies your water for better skin, hair, and well-being. And that is how Jolie began in my head. So at, at this point, you know, you're like, okay, I have this great idea. I know it's a winner. I had an aha moment. There's something that connects, right? It's like an out-of-body experience in a way. Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, it, it became. Well, I, I, I only say, say that because when up. I have great ideas, there's something that comes over, and it just something takes over me, and I'm like, "This is a game." When I say out of body, I do believe that there is something that happens when you truly connect with something that's your passion. Well, I agree with you. For me, it's when I can't stop thinking about it, and I find yeah. myself spending disproportionate amount of times on the idea itself, and that's what happened. It just consumed me. And I was like, if I don't do this, I may be letting go the greatest idea I've ever had in Mm -hmm. my life. So I left Greats in September of 2020. I started working on this weeks later. I thought I was going to take four months and sort of figure out what I wanted to do. If I wanted to start this, go join another company. I made it four weeks and started working on on Jolie. Amazing. Now, a question, because, you know, being partners, you guys are like a married couple. How, how does that work? <laughs> we're, we're actually sitting in a phone booth that's about three yeah, feet wide. Uh, oh, you have to take as, a photo. As close as you can be, <laughs> be on someone's lap. Actually, no, I'm serious. Will you take a selfie? And that could be your photo for the Instagram. That would be yeah. really funny, actually. Not in the shower, but in a phone booth. I mean, we could have you in the shower. Wait, but well, it's, a pretty, a it's a pretty nice phone booth. Yeah. But it yeah. <laughs> well, I've got one. So, selfie one. taken. So Arjun, maybe you could kind of speak to what kind of attracted you to this. You know, tell us about your experience and meeting Ryan and and hearing about this idea and kind of what was your aha moment? This is where I'll use the term out-of-body experience. I'm just half kidding. But I'd love to speak a little bit about how Ryan and I know each other, which dates back, I think, seven years ago. So when I was in high school, my first job ever was actually working at Saturdays, the surf brand. So Saturdays is a New York-based company, started as a surf shop in Soho on a once forgotten street called Crosby Street. And I was about 15, 16 years old working there when they had first started. And through that, I met an amazing community of creative people, primarily located in downtown New York. And kept up those relationships. And there was one guy that I had met who had started a fashion brand and we were catching up and my dad and, and mom both work in fashion and he wanted to speak with my dad. And then when my dad met with him, he kept on asking these questions around the topic of e-commerce. And this is probably you know seven years ago. And I think around the time Ryan was starting greats or just after, and he, this guy... Shane is his name, said to my dad, you've got to meet Ryan. He has his brand greats. He's doing some really interesting stuff. And he really understands the e-com game. My dad then tells me over the phone later that day that he has a meeting or he's getting connected to this guy who started greats. And I said, what do you mean this guy who started greats? Dad, that's Ryan. <laughs> Here's his story. What right. he's doing. And yeah. he's, you know, working with some great brands before. And the meeting happened to be on a Saturday morning next to your place, I believe, in, in Brooklyn at what was Toby's at the time and now his partner's coffee. And I was home, I was in college at the time, home for the weekend. So I did a little drive-by for the last 15 minutes and joined the meeting. Ryan and I connected via email after, but didn't really keep in touch for the majority of the time since. 
until December 2020, shortly after Ryan started working on Jolie quite seriously, we were put in touch via a friend of Ryan's who I had reached out quite cold, uh, a guy named Osman Khan, who's working for a company, started a company called Squared Circles, which is mm. a venture studio. And I was very interested in what they've been up to. It was quite mysterious and wasn't really sure what they had going on, but I admired the background of the three partners. And it was via a professor of mine, you know this, Ryan, Adam Grant, who um, yeah, had put me in, in touch. I, I knew that he had, was connected to one of the guys there. And he said, here's a guy you need to email. And then he put Ryan and I in touch. And as soon as Ryan mentioned to me the idea for Jolie, instantly my mind was just you know, creatively going into all the different directions from a storytelling perspective. Initially, is how I thought about it. Because the shower is such an untouched space and it's one that we connect to in so many different ways from it being a creative space where, as you just heard, some of our greatest ideas come to play and come to fruition in the shower to one of the last places in our daily lives where we're not interrupted by a phone call, notification, kids, husband, wife running in. It, it really is your sanctuary. And that's where I immediately went to when I was first being told of Jolie and the concept and then maybe a couple hours later, I drove to Home Depot and Bed Bath and Beyond, just to stay and sort of take a look at and, and what, true consulting form, yeah, you know, sort of exactly. uh, right. Went to do the market research immediately. Uh, yeah, I was working at Boston Consulting Group at the time, and um, yeah, I realized that this was a wide open space and one in which the the idea is so simple and so fundamental. And going again to this question of what do you believe? We believe beauty starts with clean water. And this is not even step one. This is step zero. Whether you have a quote unquote beauty routine or not, this is something we all do. And that's what yeah. really appeals to me. Wow. I love it. That's quite a synchronicity, one would say, isn't it? But, and, and just to add to that, because I didn't fully answer your question, which is more so in the lens of partnership and, and sort of what attracted me, not only to the idea, but partnering up with Ryan and, and working mm -hmm. with Ryan. I'd say is this left brain, right brain nature that I'd say that both of us have. It's a phrase that I've always used throughout my entire life. And growing up in a family that was, you know, very creative, but also business oriented and following an interdisciplinary path. I've always been attracted to those that can marry the numbers with the brand and the creative. Yeah. And, and I noticed that almost immediately with Ryan. And I thought that starting something together, where whether it's this or something else, we would at least fundamentally be aligned. And that's definitely proven to be true. Wow. Incredible. I mean, in terms of how you work together, you said you both share this right brain, left brain sensibility, but you two have a bit of a, an age difference, right? I mean, I'm just saying yeah, the obvious, yeah, yeah. stating the yeah. obvious. How does it work? So, you know, you have different life experiences, say. So how does that come together in kind of your daily work day, you know, in terms of like your life experience, Arjun, and your life experience, Ryan, and, you know, how that meshes into a great partnership? Well, I think, you know, for Arjun, and, and I'm going to interpret this, but he made it very clear that he wanted to join a pre-launch startup. And I actually tried to talk him out of it. I thought, look, if you went to Wharton and you spent a few years at BCG, you can do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. I'm not sure you want to join a pre-launch startup, there's a lot of risk there and there's a lot of work. But he right. was adamant about doing that and proved his commitment to do so. I've also started a company and sold one and didn't want to 
do sort of the day-to-day operational things that I did on the first one. So I was looking for somebody that was had the ability to do that and was interested in doing that, which Arjun was. And that is sort of the dividing line. I really want to keep focusing on, and again, look, we, we've just launched a month ago, so we're a very young company. But I want to spend my time thinking about the future of the business all the time, making sure it's capitalized and growing the, the company. Arjun is involved in all of that and then gets to go back and execute on a, on a day-to-day basis. But because we're both creative and business-minded, and I think that's a unique combination in both of us, there's a lot of founders I know that do one or the other very well. I think we both do both of them very well. So right. it's a more creative experience for us as a partnership. We could probably spend every day talking about fun ideas and really creative ones. And they're all pretty good. Yeah. Like we, we do throw ideas out all the time and most of the time they stick and we wind up, we wind up doing them. I would say that's unique about myself and that's unique about Arjun because he's not just focused on the tactical and execution component of it. He actually has creative ideas that we also incorporate into the, yeah. into the business. So it's a unique relationship, but it's a really dynamic one. But I think we've defined it very well till, up until now. Totally. Right. Who is the more intuitive of the two of you? I mean, I think we're, we're I mean, to me, intuition is very much. I bet you haven't been asked that question by anyone else. I think we're, it's probably we're intuitive and di- we're more intuitive in different ways. I mean, yeah. Ryan brings such a wealth of experience that the right. intuition that he has towards you know, whether it's a, a marketing idea that we have and where we would spend attention or the way in which a consumer might respond to something or outreach, there's a lot of experience that drives your intuition in that realm. So I, I think that that's, uh, that comes with the experience. And I'm also interested in doing things a bit different. I'm not a fan of groupthink. I'm not a fan of best practices. Okay. Uh, to me, those things tend to create laziness it's just this is the way we do it this is how everybody does it what that tells me is there's a better way we may not find it immediately but we should constantly be searching for it and we we sort of as a spirit in the company that is the way we we think or at least we're we're trying to instill that in our very small group or team at the moment to just sort of think a little bit different look around the corner if, if like don't go through the front door there may be a faster way through the side door or the back door there may be a more creative way to approach this let's not take no as the final right if, there, yeah. if there's a first time no what's the second third and fourth follow-up to get that no to a yes and and this is something this is very founder focused advice sure, sure. Any business is going to, like any startup faces adversity and the job of the founder is to turn no's into yeses or red lights into green lights. That's it. It's a series of no's for years and years and years and years. And your job is to figure out how to get over the no. That's it. Right. I think just to to add to that, there's a, a sense of let's not just accept something as the rest of the world is doing it or the rest of the industry is doing it. Let's ask two things. One, let's ask the question, why? Like, why is this the case? And a lot of our discussions are about that. 
And it could be something that is seemingly unrelated to what we're doing in a direct way, but then it sort of, we go through this exercise of asking why, and then it helps us with something that we're dealing with in our day-to-day or strategically. And then the second piece is, and Ryan, I've really picked this up from you, is let's just think about it practically. Let's forget theory, let's forget sort of expertise, but just practically using common sense, does this make sense? And that thread of thinking has been super useful when we're in scenarios where we're dealing with experts, where the default setting when you're in a room with someone who seemingly knows more than you is they know the answer. And if they're saying this is not possible and it takes X amount of time, let's understand why it does to see if that makes sense to us practically. And if it doesn't, then let's try to sort of shift the thinking there and turn that red light into a green light. And and I think common sense is the great lost skill (laughs) for most people. And at this point, if you have it, it's almost like a superpower because common sense can sort of cut through academia, theory, belief. It just sort of, you sort of distill it down and we sort of use it, we apply it everywhere. We just sort of apply it to everything we do, whether it's design, website experience, what are we saying in an email? Like it really goes down to everything we do. And I think because of that, we're seeing really great success in our, you know, four week life of the company. (laughs) Since we at least since we went live anyway. Right. It's it's very exciting. What do you see for the company? I mean, in terms of the next, you know, cut to, you know, 10 years time. I mean, how do you want to be remembered, known, all of it? I mean, what's the long game? We actually role play quite a lot. Yesterday, we went through a scenario, like an idea. And yeah. I'm always curious to see, like, how somebody thinks. So I want to hear all Absolutely. the so, And you gave a good, when you said the time room of 10 years, I mean, something immediately popped into my head. And the more and more I started to work on Jolie and really noticed this change probably six, three to six months into it, the potential for the company to really become a household name. Because what we're doing at the end of the day is we're, we're creating a category and then dominating that category. And we're taking a product, number one, which is not, we're not focusing just on the filtered showerhead, but filtered showerhead is where we're starting, the Jolie filtered showerhead. And it's been seen, the showerhead is a plumbing fixture and a product that is not having to do anything with your beauty other than washing you. But this is a beauty tool because it removes contaminants that adversely affect at the fundamental level, the most fundamental level, the skin and hair issues that we spend so much money on every year, every day. With that in mind, I see Jolie becoming a company like your, like Smeg is for refrigerators and kitchen products, mm-hmm. um, like a Vitra is for furniture. I really think that Jolie has this opportunity to really own the bathroom and to do so from a unique starting point, which is water filtration and water filtration in the context of your skin, hair, and well-being. I think from a product line perspective, I mean, there are other faucets, and this is more in the, the, the immediate that are important to us and are more integral to the daily lives of consumer groups that we aren't currently speaking to, like babies and kids, bathtub faucet, for example, or bathroom sink where we wash our face. And um, this lens of water really provides a lot that we can do, both from a product and brand perspective, ranging from not just product that's filtration oriented, but 
there's a whole story to be told around water and the smell and scent of clean water in different settings. Water in Iceland versus water in the Mediterranean versus water in the Indian Ocean should evoke a different place, smell, and, and association. And I think there's a lot to be done in that realm. One layer that we haven't spoken about yet that's certainly important for the future of the company and is also important for the future of the world is water as a resource, which I believe if you ask the average person, you know, are you concerned about having water, clean water, their answer is going to be no. And we think that water is this infinite resource, but it's not, at least water in a clean state. So as that gets more and more important, and of course, in certain parts of, of the country in particular, like California, you hear about droughts and people there are experiencing this in a more real way. We see beauty and, and vanity as, as the first part of the picture, but the second part is water conservation and creating a smart showerhead of sorts that can measure how much energy it takes to move the water, heat the water, and filter the water, and then equip people with that information, hopefully gamify it to encourage them to reduce their usage. But we believe the way to get there is by making people look and feel better. Going back to the first prerequisite that Ryan mentioned earlier in this conversation, we're driven by vanity. It's one of the key drivers of many decisions, if not all the decisions that we make. That being said, conservation is something that we see as a big part of the company as we uh, grow and, and get older. I'm going to add to that, and that was a great answer, one that yeah. I could have said myself <laughs> or <laughs> would have said it that way, maybe not as eloquent. But in terms of how we want to be remembered, I will add this. As you heard earlier, I think common sense is a lost skill, a lost art. Yes. We want to be the company that allows people to have that aha moment of go, huh, Every day I get in the shower and I'm standing in contaminated water. If I fix that, then everything I invest in, in my process and my product should perform better. We've been taught by the beauty and wellness industry to be prescriptive about what we do. You have dry skin, buy more lotion. You have a dry scalp, buy this serum. Hair's brittle, put this conditioner on. And the one commonality we all have is we shower, regardless of the products you're using or your process. And nobody's thought to think, hey, maybe there's something in the water that's causing all these problems. And let's go back and fix that and then see what happens. And I, yeah. I, I really believe that with 100% of my soul that, and, and the, the reason I believe it is because we've, we've talked now to so many people where we just... Here's what's in your water. These are what these things do. We take some of those out. And people just look at us like we just solved cancer. It's so obvious to us. And it becomes very obvious to everybody. As soon as they understand what's in their water, they just didn't ever think about it. So that's what I'd right. like us to be remembered for in the end. Right. And you have that really great, when you log on to the site, it's the shower report, right? It's the water report that you put out there where you can actually go and see how contaminated your water is no matter where you are in the world, correct? Yeah. Well, not in the world, but in America. Not in the world, but in America, in the U.S. But soon, okay. eventually in the world. Um, right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> We've always thought educate, you know, we, we know and have known that education is a hurdle, is something that we need to address. And this is one way to do it. We, 
license the data of the water systems in the U.S. They're required to test and then report what's in the water, but that I didn't know that before, and the average person doesn't. We've essentially licensed all that data and created an easy way for someone to access it specific to their water system. So put in your name, email, zip code, and you'll immediately get sent a report. And that's just step one in the educational process, but one that's proven to be quite successful. People have reached out to us, primarily Instagram DMs, with you know saying things along the lines of, my scalp has been itchy. I recently moved to LA during the pandemic. My product mm-hmm. has not changed. And I was not really sure what was going on. I wasn't sure if it was something I was eating or something in the air. I then took your water report. And then I realized that it's my water. And I'm so excited to purchase this product. We actually had given that person this product. And she's noticed a difference in her. She was itching after every single shower. She was actually scared to go in the shower. Wow. And now that's been alleviated. Wow. So, you're going to have whoever listens to this is going to be asking for a free shower hat after <laughs> hey i have really bad itchy skin too can i get a free shower um no that's amazing that's incredible that you're getting such great feedback and now she's a happy camper using the shower head yeah yep she is yeah so well this is this is all incredible and i'm curious any advice you have i mean getting back to you know, life experience, where you are right now, and kind of thinking about your younger self. And if you could shop with your younger self, what advice would you give that version? I give myself the same advice every day. Keep looking forward. Don't worry about where you are currently. Just worry about where you're going. I think a lot of people judge themselves and measure themselves on the spectrum of success and feel like they need to be somewhere at some point in time. And, you know, unfortunately, life isn't like that. I think the road to success is paved with failure. And Mm. as long as you keep thinking and believing you can move forward, that's when success happens. And I think everybody should know that, whether you're 10 years old or 50. Yeah, I love that. From my side, it's similar but I'd focus on, you know, telling my younger self, telling younger people or older people, whoever, just go for it. And um, I think just taking that first step is mm-hmm. the part that scares a lot of people. And maybe not just because it's scary because they're afraid of what's going to happen, but it requires some work. I think there's definitely, you know, being afraid of, of failing and putting yourself out there and what are people going to say and the response. Right. but. But the sooner you start and the sooner that you, quote unquote, either fail at something or learn a lesson, hopefully you're learning a lesson from making a failure, the sooner you are to really grasping what it is you, you know, want to do in the way that you want to do it and in whatever way you define success as. And I think playing the waiting game is not smart in the long run because then you'll be 10 years out saying, oh, I should have done this back then. And uh, I never want that to happen. Yeah. We should never shit on ourselves. No, exactly. And, you know, sadly, look, these things are scary. I'm not suggesting that everybody turn into an entrepreneur, but you don't have to be an entrepreneur to believe in yourself. And I think if people spent less time being a critic 
and just more time focused on their own shit and build whatever it is they're building, whether that's at a company, in their relationship, as a parent, and stop sort of, you know, pointing fingers at the world and judging everybody, then we'd be in a better spot. I, I don't know how to inspire people to do that other than to say it everywhere I go. And yeah. maybe if we change one person, we, we did our job. Exactly. Thank you for both of those answers. I think they're, they're both great answers. And you're right. It's just, you just have to start. I think, unfortunately, with social media, you know, that pressure to be judged is greater than ever. And that's the problem with, with today. And you're right. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your age. It's still that sort of, that the confidence, where does the confidence come from? And, and I'll actually turn it to you guys and ask you, like, where did, where did your confidence come from? Do you think? How did you build that? Was it something that was a muscle that was over time built up? Or was it just something that you, you, you were just, that's it. It's just, you came out of the womb that way. This is what it is. I mean, it's, you know, I asked this question because I'm very fascinated because I think there is something I had just interviewed an amazing woman yesterday uh, on the podcast. And she's like, I was always this way. I was always, I just like, I came, this is like my DNA. This is just yeah. who I am. And I think some people are that way and other people have to learn how to have, they have to grow that muscle. So what about you guys? Well, I think that's accurate. I think there are people that have it in their DNA. I would say that's probably true of me. It's just the way I'm wired. However, that doesn't mean there's not a lot of doubt, right? Self-doubt is everywhere, even in the most successful people. I know so many successful people and their level of doubt may be greater than the person that I like is perceived to have confidence, but hasn't done anything with their life. Mm. So it's a noisy conversation to have with yourself. But I think the great people that go on to do great things, whatever that is on the spectrum, and I don't think you need to be a billionaire to be a great person or to be successful. So I want to clarify that. Right. I think the great people that do great things just sort of get through the noise of doubt and overcome it internally and go on to accomplish what their goals are. But it doesn't come with like a roadway of rainbows and, you know, green lights. It is filled with challenges. Yeah. Probably it gives you more fuel in the car when you're going down, you know, that treacherous trip. But to me, it's very clear. You said out of the womb. And I think for me, it wasn't out of the womb, but a couple of years old, I can point to a very specific moment in my life where I think it sort of made me self-confident and aware of who I am, which is I grew up in a Sikh family. It means you're supposed to keep your hair long. And when you're able to grow facial hair, you're not supposed to shave. I've this is not a video call, but we know each other, you know I've not followed through with that. But from age zero up until age 12 or 13, I had long hair. I didn't cut my hair and I wore it in what's known as a putka. I grew up in a Sikh family and putka is essentially a baby turban. And it looks like you're wearing a tennis ball on your head wrapped in cloth. And uh, what that meant for me is I stood out. And I'm the eldest of my family, two younger siblings, first day of kindergarten, waiting for the bus, my Mickey Mouse backpack, winning the food, the cup. <laughs> Mom says to me, RJ, when you get on that bus, because it'll be, you know, it was kindergarten through fifth grade on the bus, people are going to look at you and their eyes are going to be drawn to what's on the top of your head, not to your face. So what I want you to do is look at them kindly in the eyes and say, hey, how are you? 
And the reason for that is for you to show that you're friendly, you're outgoing, you're accessible, you're not too different than they are. And last but not least, you'll draw their attention down from what's on the top of your head to your face. Being the eldest and following mom's advice, I said, okay, mom. And I got on that bus and I literally said hi to everyone. And it wasn't just hi, it was, hey, how are you? And that was a, you know, an odd thing to do. But um, it was first following mom's advice, but then it quickly became this obsession of speaking to people and asking them a question and sort of putting the first hand out. And it made me focus on others. And it definitely developed this passion for getting to know other people, but it also made me more confident in who I am and who I was at the time, because the focus was less on me and, hey, am I being represented in the right way, et cetera, et cetera. It's let me get to know this other person and, and learn about them. And that helped me from a confidence standpoint, because I embraced my differences. And uh, I think that's the single thread, the core of who I am, that feeds into the the question that you asked about confidence and, and being self-confident. Well, shout out to your mom, who is an amazing <laughs> woman. And that's an incredible story. Wow. I mean, it's like bringing tears to my eyes in terms of the emotionality of it. It's it's like that point where you're just so, you know, you're going walking into like the most important day of your life at that point, right? And scary and and challenging. And what a beautiful thing to say which completely changed your mindset. Wow. I, I really do believe the things that you say as I'm not a parent, but that parents say to their kids and the environment that you grow up in, needless to be said, has a huge impact. And I think the way in which someone walks into that environment where they're not with their parents for the first time, which is school at that point, is really sets the tone. And when you walk in leaning in versus being a bit more closed off, it, it really makes a difference. And, uh, you know, Ryan will experience that very soon. Ryan has a... Yes. Bowie. Yes. Bowie the super, super baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Bowie the super baby. Congratulations again. He's Thank you. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of What Do You Believe? Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. We very much appreciate your continued support. Thank you.